The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 135. Atlantic City, New Jersey is home to the U.S.'s first boardwalk and is the inspiration for the board game Monopoly. St. James Place and Oriental Ave, my two favorites. I'll show you Paris in the morning I'll show you London afternoon If you feel your Dublin heart is burning Yeah, well you don't have to worry Cause we're going in soon Yeah, you don't have to worry Cause we're going in soon Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the man from Norway, my sometimes co-host and great buddy, Jason Moore, host of the Zero to Travel Podcast. Jace, how are you doing today? Sitting on this comfortable couch here in Ocean City, New Jersey with you and Dude, you're just lounging. You're like all comfortable, leaning back, got your legs up. This is this may be the most comfortable podcast I've ever recorded. Yeah, we're in Ocean City, New Jersey. It just feels nice. We are here in the winter. No one's here, which is, leads right into what we're going to talk about today, which is why you should travel, some of the pros of traveling in the offseason. But I just feel comfortable in this place in Ocean City, New Jersey, because we've got a four-bedroom place here that we scored for $275 a week. It just it's nice. We have a fireplace. We can't get the hot water to work. So we've only been able to take cold showers so far. That's why we're sitting so far apart. That's why we're sitting far apart, but we're here because we're working. Uh, the other part that's cool about this is recording a podcast is fun and it's it's really enjoyable for both of us and we like it. That's why we have our podcast. And you know, for the last couple of days we've been sitting here working really really hard on our new project together, Location Indie, and it's nice to sit back with you, get on the mics, And talk about the stuff we love, and that's travel. This is fun on so many levels, because first of all, usually when we're recording these podcasts, we're doing it over Skype, and we're just looking at each other on a computer screen. So Now we're gazing deep into each other's (laughs) eyes. Yeah, we're sitting in the same room, and we're traveling together, really, even though we were talking about this the other day on the car ride here. We're not that far from our families. We're both from outside of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area. But because we're an hour away, it feels like we're traveling, because we are... And we are geeks about travel. We love travel. So we're traveling together. In between, we're going and playing skee ball and we're chatting up people at the cafe down the road and we're doing stuff we do when we travel. It's super fun. We get to be here in person and record podcasts and work. And it turns out I actually love working. I just don't necessarily love working by myself all the time. Exactly. (laughs) It's been such a relief the last four days to have you around. We're doing work together. We're doing work separately. We're working on Location Indie. And we've just really felt that it's just been really cool to be around another person who's doing what you're doing. And that is, if you guys aren't familiar with Location Indie, we've mentioned a little bit on the podcast. You can check it out. It's locationindie.com. But it's a community for people who are location independent, who want to be location independent, who want to travel the world, work from anywhere, start their own business, all those type of people you put into the pot and you say, hey, come join us. 
Let us help you do it. Let's help each other get better at what we're doing. Yeah, if you're listening, you travel in many different ways, and this is something that's resonating, something you're interested in, definitely check it out because we're going to be sending out a bunch of cool stuff to the location indie list very, very soon. We actually been shooting some videos here and a ton of videos, ton of fun videos. Check that out, guys, locationindie.com. But what we really want to do in today's podcast, we're going to get into the meat of it now. And we want to talk about traveling off peak. And obviously, this is really resonating with us right now because as we mentioned, we're sitting in a four bedroom, a beautiful four bedroom house in Oceanson, New Jersey during the summer. I don't know what they rent it for, but it's probably 10 times the amount that we're paying for here. Easily, I think. And it's a neat feeling. So before we get into why you should travel off peak, and that's one of the things we're going to touch about, then we're going to tell you some of our favorite off peak destinations. Let's kind of define it for people, Jason. If you guys are interested, Jason actually wrote a post on his blog on zerototravel.com about why you should travel during the off peak season. I didn't even know that before I asked you to come on and do this podcast with me, but it works perfectly. Yeah, timing works out. So let's define peak season, off peak season, and then a term that you taught me just a couple months ago, and now I'm hearing all the time shoulder season yeah i mean we'll start off with peak season obviously which is when everybody travels to a destination so if you're talking about the new jersey shore where we're at right now summer is peak season everybody's here the beaches are packed everywhere you go it's totally crowded this is when everybody wants to visit the weather's perfect everything's open for tourists all the hotels all the restaurants it's just full-on tourist season Right, right. And anything then off of that, a lot of people will just say it's either peak or off peak, but shoulder season is something that you taught me. And it's something, it's a idea that I knew about, but I didn't know it actually had a name. So what shoulder season? Use Jersey Shore as an example again. Yeah, I actually, I've been thinking about the term shoulder season and it bugged me a little bit because I'm like, what is this? What do you mean shoulder season? It has nothing to do with, is it because I have two shoulders and then my head's in between? I, I can't figure it out. And so I actually wanted to rename it. I started writing this in the post, but then I scrapped it because I'm like, nobody, this doesn't make any sense. But I kind of want to call it bun season because if high season's like the hamburger, then shoulder season is like the bun, right? Because you have, it. you have the one or two months before the peak season, the high season, the busy season, and the one to two months right after. So for Americans, typically shoulder season anywhere kind of falls after Labor Day. Because Labor Day is the last big weekend in September where everybody's taking a trip. And then immediately after that, it seems like everybody's kind of back to school, back to doing what they do. That would be where I would say, generally speaking, the shoulder season starts for Americans. And that can run, depending on where you are, from mid-September through mid-November or December. But of course, you know, if you're going on a ski vacation, peak season in Colorado... Is going to be is, in the winter. Could be the winter because at, at the ski resorts, the off season is the summer. So right. So and so most destinations, the peak season is going to be their summertime. So if you're in the northern hemisphere, I mean, let's talk Europe. Peak season definitely going to be the summer months. That's when people have off school. That's when they're traveling. The shoulder season a month or two on both sides. So we're talking May maybe into April a little bit for a lot of places, and then September, October for most places. And then everything else would be considered off-season. Now, if you're going to a winter destination, just flip that on its head and you kind of got the same thing. So that's to help you out with some of the terms that we're going to be throwing around here. But the main point of this podcast, the thing that I really want people to understand 
is to kind of think about when you are traveling and why you are traveling. Because a lot of times, and, and not everyone has as much flexibility as us, right? We get that. Not everyone's location independent yet, but if we have our way, they'll be all parts of location indie and they'll all be able to travel whenever they want. But why should you consider traveling somewhere in the off season, right? Like, I mean, naturally everyone wants to go during peak season, but there's a lot of advantages and you've seen it in your travels and so have I. So let's start giving people some reasons why they want to travel during the off season, during the off peak season. Yeah, I would say... Or shoulder season. Yeah, I would say shoulder season for me is really the sweet spot, you know, because you can still sneak in all of the benefits of peak season in terms of usually it comes down to weather a lot for some places. I mean, and we can start there as, as a starting point is weather off peak. Obviously you're talking about, probably you're talking about worse weather. So in Southeast Asia, that would be the season where the monsoons or the rains come through in America. It could be where it's freezing cold and you don't even want to be outside for five seconds or right. We're at the beach. We're at the beach in the winter. You look outside I mean, I'm looking right now, there's, it's like a scene out of a Stephen King movie or something. There's, there's no cars. We go to a cafe. We're the only ones sitting there. Now that has good and bad things. And I mean, obviously you don't have to wait in line for, for things. You don't have to, you can chat with locals like we did this morning and you have more time to interact. We went to a cafe and just a really sweet waitress. I mean, she was an older lady. She might have even been the owner of the cafe. Who knows? She probably has worked there for 50 years. And it was really cool because we sat down. Everyone in the cafe was over the age of 65 except us, yeah. which was funny. And we sit down and we're just chatting it up. And we're, we're chatting with her. And Jace, you even asked her, you know, if we were here in the summer, you know, would we even be able to talk to you? And she was like, ah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really cool. So one of the perks is that you get to experience it in a much different way. I don't want to say more authentic because it's not more authentic. It's just a different way. Some of that's chatting with the locals. Obviously, a big reason why a lot of people want to travel off-peak or one of the reasons why maybe you should consider traveling not during peak season is that it's just a lot cheaper. And that goes for everything. Yeah. And I think shoulder season, again, just being the sweet spot is it can be way less expensive, but you're still getting all of the benefits of most, if not everything, being open and awesome weather, too. You can get lucky. You can get unlucky, of course, but... That's how it is with travel anywhere. Even if you're going during peak, sometimes you you strike out, right? It rains for the four days you're in a location or something like that. That's exactly true. And then when you're talking about total off-peak, which I would say this is, we're in the dead of winter in the Jersey Shore. This isn't even shoulder. This is off-peak. Like We cannot swim in the ocean. We could try to swim in the ocean. I was going to throw Jason in earlier today when we were walking (laughs) on the beach. We did walk on the beach, though. And that's one thing, too, is we walked on the beach. It was sunny out, so it was enjoyable in its own right. But yeah, you're not going to be swimming. Swimming. That's true. Actually, we should talk about what we did last night when we went up to the boardwalk. And it was so cool because I've never been on the boardwalk down here where it was completely empty. Completely empty. And Literally, it was, it was, it was snowing. It was snowing. Wasn't that fascinating? It was snowing. It was, we were on the boardwalk. We, you know, you could look as far one way down the boardwalk or up the boardwalk the other way. And you could not see another single human. And it was cool because the lights were on for some of the shops. Now, they weren't open. You know, a lot of them keep their outside lights on all year or what have you. Yeah. And then there'd be a few shops open, like the arcade. And so you, it's just this, it's not eerie. It's not eerie in a bad way. It's just really, it's, it's different. It kind of feels magical. Like yeah. you feel like I felt this weird feeling 
of almost like a Charles Dickens painting or something. I mean, I know it's not Christmas time. Yeah. Or he's not a painter. But like I was in a Charles Dickens Story, novel yeah. and someone would paint it. It was it was really neat. It was. It was I the only word I can describe is it's fascinating and interesting, I guess, at the same time. And it actually felt like a bit of a privilege. You know, it's like, this is really cool. We have this whole thing to ourselves. You know, you go for a walk on the beach and there's nobody there. You got the whole beach to yourself and you're still in a beautiful nature spot. Truthfully, not to skip around too much because I know we're going point by point, but one of the best things I love to do in terms of traveling in off-peak, that's when I love to visit cities. So uh, like a European city or something like that. You know, if I know I'm going to be spending most of my time in museums or inside doing city type of things, it doesn't matter to me as much the weather. Right. It just doesn't, you know, I'm going to be... There's a few go- things that I'm going to mention on some of my favorite off-season destinations, Chase, that okay. hit that point exactly. Because I think you're right. If you, A lot of people always say, like, I, I don't want to go there because the weather's going to be bad then or something like that. But they don't even think about what they're going to be doing. Now, some people wouldn't want to go to certain places if the weather's bad, if they want to be outdoors or they and they can't be outdoors and things like that. But if you are going, as you mentioned, to a city and you're going to see concerts, you're going to be in museums... Well, and you're only going to be there a couple of days. Well, why does it matter? Go when it's 75% cheaper. Exactly. And that brings us to the main point of why you should consider going off-peak. And anyone who has traveled off-peak knows that it's cheaper. But we're going to talk about some of the ways that you might not have thought it was cheaper, I guess. One, cheaper flights. I mean, that's going to usually be your biggest expense all the time, unless you're using frequent fire miles. And if you're listening to this podcast... We hope you are. But if if you're not using frequent fire miles, you have to buy your tickets. And that can be prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. I know it would be for me. There's no way we would do this travel if we were buying our tickets as much as we were doing. And if we were, it would be, hey, you know what? I can go to Italy in January for 550 bucks or 600 bucks, And that's on a normal ticket, not a mistake fare or anything like that. Or I could go in the summer and it's going to be 1200 bucks. Well, that's that's a huge chunk of change for a lot of people. And that's, you know, times that by four if it's a family of four or something crazy like that. But a lot of people think about, oh, it might be a little cheaper, but they don't even put in the idea that flights are going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's one of the biggest barriers, I guess, to traveling. And when you're looking at your dream destinations, of course, the first thing you look at is, can I afford the flight? So don't discount the off-peak and the shoulder seasons because those are great times to travel when you can actually afford the flight. And you, you'd be surprised. I've tra- I've traveled in shoulder season or off-peak season to Ireland from the East Coast and found flights for under $400, even out wow. of pocket. And that, would, that was the same as it would have cost to fly across the country or even maybe to Chicago from New York. So don't necessarily rule out the places you can go because as you get in the off-season, you have a much better chance at hitting some places that you really want to go for a cheaper price. Yeah, cheaper price. And there's going to be more availability. So if you are using frequent fire miles, I guess before I get into the frequent fire mile part, we should have a little ding, ding, ding here, like special tip, because this is a thing that we both use. If you guys are looking for a destination and you just want to see the price of, and this is how I can say those numbers, 1200 for Italy in the summer versus 600 in the winter, whatever, you can use the ITA matrix or you can also use Google Flight. And both of these things allow you to put in a destination, like say, I want to fly from Philly to Dublin, and they allow you to take a calendar view and it'll show you every day the cheapest ticket for months on end. So you can just scroll through and say, 
oh man, right now it's $700. Hit the little over button, scroll, scroll, scroll. May, it gets more expensive. June, it gets more expensive. July, it's super expensive. August, it's super expensive. So those are some really cool tools that you can use if you want to check the price to specific destinations far in advance to kind of see what season you might want to jump in on. Travis, being the travel hacking guru that he is, sat down and said, Jay, you got to check this out, man. Google Flights is blowing up. This looks awesome. And he showed me and they, I guess, had made some changes or updates pretty recently. And I was blown away. It was I was like, wow, man, thank you for showing me this. <laughs> there is a really cool thing that's in beta version. It's not you can't really find it unless you know the address to go to. But if you go to Google dot com slash flight slash explore e x p l o r e like the word explore that allows you on this like special section of google flights that no one knows about or not many people know about and it allows you to put in not just a city that you want to visit but a destination so you can say i want to go philly to southeast asia and it will show you every city in southeast asia how expensive it is to fly there, and also a calendar for them. So it just casts your net even wider. It's a phenomenal tool. This tip is so hot, I actually feel the heat radiating off of Travis's body. I'm starting to sweat here. Yeah, so google.com slash flight slash explore. That'll that'll get you that. I was mentioning before I got into this little ding, ding, ding special tip. If you are using frequent fire miles, it'll also be much easier to find availability if you're using them to fly to a place during off-season. So if you're paying for it, tickets are cheaper. If you're using frequent fire miles, there's more available. And also, American Airlines even has an off-peak award chart. So for example, if you go to Japan, it's only 50,000 round trip instead of the normal 65,000. If you go to Europe, it's 40,000 instead of 60,000. So just really... Think about that's 20,000 miles you will save. And that's right. a, it's a, a tremendous amount. Right. So much better flight options or cheaper flights, all that. Then when you're on the ground, Jace, there's a ton of ways to save when you're traveling somewhere that's shoulder season or off peak. We're talking about the good points, right? Right yeah, now, everything that that that, yeah. that will save you money. Like, why would you travel somewhere off peak? And one of the big ones for me is saving money while you're at that place. Yeah, I mean, accommodations obviously is right right there in your face. I mean, we're paying two hundred seventy five bucks for a week at the beach at a four bedroom that we're like splitting. brand new or not brand new, but really nice condo. It's beautiful. I mean, it's you know, they, as we mentioned, we could not touch this in the summer. Yeah, the downside to that is you may have less availability, but your ability to negotiate with what is available inventory-wise is through the roof. Even if you go on Airbnb, through the roof, no pun intended. There we go. I'm so sorry. The bad puns are this back. always happens. It only took us 18 minutes, folks. I don't folks. even do it on purpose sometimes. <laughs> I do love puns. <laughs> um, no, but if you go on Airbnb and, and you're like, man, I would really love to take my spouse or my partner to this awesome little cabin hideaway retreat or whatever. Well, say it's $500 a night and that's what you see it's listed at. You're like, there's no way I could afford something like that. Chances are those people just haven't taken the time to update their listing because they're just thinking, well, nobody's going to book this in the winter and we don't even think about it that much because our bookings start rolling in later. So just contact those people, like shoot for the stars on Airbnb. I mean, go in and just send them a message and say, Hey, you know, this is what I got. I'm willing to pay 100 bucks a night or 50 bucks a night. Can you do it or whatever? You have nothing to lose. You might 
nail an awesome. I mean, chances are you will if you do enough hunting. You're going to get a good deal somewhere. Not only are the accommodations themselves, I mean, hotels and kind of standard accommodations will usually lower their prices during the off season. But yeah, if you're doing any of these Airbnb apartment rentals, you know, contacting the owners directly, the leverage to negotiate is totally in your hands because chances are they're not going to have anyone coming through. Or like you said, they might not even think about. It. So this was a friend of a friend that we stayed here. So I didn't have to negotiate or anything, but they they wouldn't have anyone here all winter. So they're happy to take the money, get a little bit of extra money. We're happy because we're getting a steal. So you just have so much more leverage when it comes to accommodations. Yeah. And never be afraid to, you know, you mentioned that even when you go on a hotel's website, oftentimes, especially in a tourist destination, they'll list their off peak rates or whatever. That's still just a starting point. Call the Great hotel. Point. Don't necessarily, I mean, it's great to book online, everything like that, but you can always just pick up the phone and call. I've done it. I can't even count how many times and asked for the hotel manager, the sales manager of the hotel said, listen, you know, we're staying here for a week. What can you do? And just basically undercut it by 30%. They, they just need to fill rooms. That's their business. They need to fill rooms. And if you know, you're going to a place where nobody's at right now, you have a lot of opportunity to get right. cheap accommodations. Right. And then, so if you couple cheap accommodations, cheap flights, the other thing with accommodations is the fact that you don't, have to really book in advance. I mean, you know, there might be some places that you still might, I mean, maybe they're even still super popular in, in their quote unquote offseason, but most places you don't even have to book in advance because there's so much stuff available. It really, really helps. This is really big in Southeast Asia. You know, we travel through Thailand a lot, Cambodia during the peak season. It's going to be hard to find stuff and the rates are going to be through the roof. Here we just show up and we always, as I everyone in that. this podcast knows, I book one night at least, because we have gotten stuck a few times. It hasn't been great. But we book one night, and then we just go down and negotiate. So you have that freedom, oh, too. Oh, the flexibility is, it's the best feeling. You know, especially, say, you're traveling through Europe, and you want to get a train somewhere. In the summer, I, I hate pre... You know, I want to be spontaneous. I go somewhere, I show up somewhere, I've never been there. And if it's really cool, I was like, hey, let's stay here a few more days. You know, I don't want to have to book my train ticket three days in advance because I know that's a hot rail line and it's full all the time. Off season, shoulder season, you get to show up at the train station, buy your ticket and get on. Right. Yeah. It's the best. Yep. And flexibility. From, from accommodations to transportation, it's just, I love that flexibility. All the way through. All the way through. The other big point that you know, we've kind of touched on. I mean, is that just that there's less people? All of this exists because there's less people there. Hence the term off season. But that means less crowds, and it specifically means less tourist crowds, which is great. And again, we've done few episodes, Jace, where we said, you know, we are tour, we do touristy things, we do touristy activities, we visit touristy places. So the tourist isn't the dirty word. We don't think of it as the dirty word that a lot of people kind of poo poo, like, oh, I'm a traveler, not a tourist. No, I mean, I get it. But the fact that there's less tourist crowds is great sometimes. And that's especially awesome when you are doing stuff like museums, like wanting to go to concerts. All that kind of stuff. I mean, we've done things where, you know, for example, and I'm giving away one of my favorite off-season destinations, but we were in Italy, and usually you can wait for tickets to the Vatican. If you if you walk up, you know, in line, you can wait two and a half hours to get tickets to go in to see the Vatican. There was not a soul in sight when we rocked up to the, to the <sighs> Vatican, and you just walk right in, you buy your ticket, and you go. So it's just really freeing. And and that goes as well for like places to eat. I mean, it just goes all the way down the line. You don't have to make as many reservations. You can get into really nice restaurants that normally you couldn't get into, all types of stuff. And 
also when you do the most touristy thing there is to do there maybe it seems like italy's crowded quite a bit but i don't know if this stands true for like when you tour the coliseum or something but if you go somewhere you're like i'm gonna do this one thing and everybody does it you're probably gonna be in a smaller group or maybe you even have it a little more to yourself you have more chances for private moments there's a lot of subtle little things i think that make traveling off season with less we're not saying oh, we hate people, we don't want people around, but having some things all to yourself sometimes is, is nice, and there's less fanny packs bumping into you. Yeah, and there, it's, there's less tour bus zooming by you, there's less people yeah. around your, like these groups of 60 tours that, that come through, and I have nothing against group tours, not that I do them all the time, but you know, you're trying to take a picture, and then a herd of 60 tourists getting onto their bus gets in front of you, it takes you like five minutes for them to clear out. There's not as many photobombing opportunities, right. I guess, that's well, on the that's, downside. So, yeah, I mean, I I mean the the cheap thing is huge with me, but the other part is that you really just have less people around, and that opens up many many different opportunities. Some of which I'm going to talk about in my favorite off season destinations. Let's get to a few of the downsides because we're hyping up traveling off peak. I actually travel off peak most of the time, not even on purpose. It just kind of works that way. I try to avoid the main peak season, as we've talked about, sweet spot, shoulder season, sometimes totally off peak, like here at the Jersey Shore. Can you think of a time when you had, before we move into some of the, the negatives or the cons, I guess, when you were just like, had a space or something to yourself where you're like, oh, this is, this is so amazing. This yes. Is, I have let a me hear few it. of them. Let me hear one. All right. So I'm not, uh, all right. Are you one, saving this for destinations? I'll get into it right now. I'll give you one. You asked for it. The Great Wall of China, we were completely by ourselves. I mean, you could take... <laughs> I have pictures taken of me on the Great Wall of China with not a single other person for miles, and you will never, ever see that That's... when you're there during the, the peak season. Mm. It's not going to exist. No matter what part of the Great Wall of China you go to, it's not going to exist. I don't want to get into where we went, but we did go to a, a less touristed part. But even then, that would be packed it still in the been, summers. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. So picture that. You're on the great... It, it literally felt like you had the whole... You know, one of the world's most iconic things completely to, your, to yourself. Yeah, that that rarely happens. Rarely. Seems, yeah. So some of the downsides are some of the things to consider because we're hyping it up and it is great and I would recommend people consider it. That's why we're doing a podcast all about it. But there are some things to consider that you, you know, that you want to... Well, I'm going to say it again. Take into consideration before you do it. What are some of those things, Jace? One thing is is availability. I mean, things are just closed. Not everything's open. Of course, most likely the main attractions will be open. But I'm talking across the board from attractions to museums to hotels and at points in between whatever they are. Things just close down. It's not busy enough to maintain the business. So people need to shut their businesses down and come back when it is busy. So... Right, like if I sh- wanted some Manco and Manco pizza last night, I <laughs> right. wasn't getting it because it wasn't open. No, things are closed all up and but down. But Chili's Arcade, we did get skee-ball. We got some skee-ball, and it was only 10 cents a game. That's true. I think they lowered their prices in the off-season. Yeah, and accommodations are are closed as well, so that's a concern. You might not have as many to choose from. Right. The other big concern, as Jason alluded to in the very beginning, and kind of what makes stuff the peak season for most places is the weather. I mean, normally a place is peak season because that's when they have the nicest weather. Or if you're, you know, you're going to, and whatever that means, usually it's sunny and warm weather. But if you're going to a winter destination, it's great snow and things like that if you're skiing. So the weather is a consideration. You know, you, you are taking more of a chance when you go in off peak. And I think this is definitely where shoulder season is a sweet spot because you can get in on that nice weather, and it just, you know, usually 
you mentioned the after Labor Day. I think that's great because mm-hmm. the the weather in the end of September or beginning of like middle of September could be as nice as the end of August. Definitely, mm-hmm. but everyone's back in school, so automatically it's not peak season. So you're getting the best of the best there. You know, less crowds. Better prices. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I think shoulder season really shines. We did not expect to come to the Jersey Shore and only pack swimsuits and shorts. We knew it was going to be bitter cold here. Yeah, that's true. And you could get very lucky with the weather and shoulder season. So it's not not always a bust. But as you mentioned before, the high season can be a bust too with rain and everything like that. So it's all a little fluid. But, you know, I like to be the mayonnaise or the ketchup on the bun or shoulder season. Because if you can just skate in on that first part of it not too early but not too late you have the best chance of catching the best of everything yeah and so shoulder season really is that is that primo spot you know and we talk about weather the easiest way if people are sitting there thinking well how would i know the weather in this place if i've never been there before google.com i use it all the time (laughs) type in what's the weather like in istanbul in january and you get a nice little graph and And, you know an easy thing to do that uh, i love to do especially when i'm hunting around for a destination you know, a great thing to do, I was like, okay, I, I know in my head I have the month of November free, right? And I think about some places I want to go. You know, go to a bookstore, get a, go to your local bookshop, go to the travel section, get a cup of coffee, sit down, grab a couple guidebooks, flip it open to the when to go section, and just read a little bit about the weather. It's super easy, super relaxing. You can kind of gauge and see what it's going to be like and just pick a spot and go. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about some of our favorite spots and some of the favorite our favorite off-season places that we've been to give people, you know, we're talking theoreticals here. Oh, peak, sure. off-peak, shoulder, da-da-da-da-da. Sure. What about some of the places you've been that you would say to someone, I recommend this in this month or during this time, and here's kind of why. Yeah, I can give one. One thing I will say before I give it is if you're going for a specific activity or you have your trip planned around something you really want to do. Like I went trekking in Nepal recently and we're, I know we're going to talk about that at some point. Traveling in off season won't work probably to do that because you're walking into the Himalayas and there's three <laughs> feet of snow, right. you know, so there's you're certain, risking life and yeah, limb to there's do it off season things that you, you just can't do. Or if you do it, they will be extremely uncomfortable. If you're like, I want to do a hundred mile hike through the grand Canyon and it's August it's it's going to be a battle. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it, but then there are certain things that just aren't as conducive. I want to do the Trans-Siberian Railroad in the middle of winter like my buddy Nick keeps trying to get me to do. Yeah. Probably, I, I, would it give you a different experience? Sure. Would it be dark 22 hours out of the day? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. But I, then on the flip side, I was in Norway this winter and I got to see the Northern Lights finally and that was a dream come true. I mean, I, I don't even have told you that yet. Well, it that's was, an off-season. I guess there's one of yours, right? Being in Norway in the off-season? Yeah. Yeah, I would have or to say... Or Scandinavia and in that's, general? That's an extremely difficult thing to be able to say you're going to go and see it because it's up to nature, you know? But I've waited very long time and I've spent a few years in Norway now going back and forth and being there in, in winters and through cold winters and dark winters and everything and finally getting to see it on Christmas night was was a magical moment. And just to stem off that, another destination is Iceland because the reason why I guess why I started on the activities rant is because if you want to go to Iceland and camp and hike around, 
maybe this isn't the best time. But if you want to check out Reykjavik and go to the Blue Lagoon and do a soak and just hang around the city, which is an absolutely beautiful city, I really highly recommend Iceland to anybody. And Iceland Air has a free stopover if you, if you fly over to Europe and stop over and do it. I think you can stop for up to seven days. But yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, checking out Iceland. I just heard from one of our e-poppers the other day. She Iceland Air gives you a free stopover. There's another thing called Wow Air, which is a new... It's a, it's a budget airline. I can't remember who they spun off of, but they are having fares that are $99 to Iceland what? from like different hubs in the US. Really? I think it's like New York, Washington, Chicago, something like that. $149 fares to London. So there are, Iceland is a burgeoning, it's not even a burgeoning tourism spot. It's, it's, it's much bigger now because of these certain things that have come up like wow air and things like that so if you guys are interested check out wow air they do have some really really cool fares and one of my readers one of the uh your fellow e-poppers told me about it and she actually mentioned she had been there before because i assumed iceland was super expensive now we're not getting into an iceland episode like some of them suggested but she actually gave some really good tips on 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 how it's not as expensive as she thought it Mm. would be right i mean i think it is an expensive country overall but she was mentioning some things so dude you're uh, Travis has a frequent flyer boot camp that he runs, and when you join it, I've <clears throat> excuse me, I've gone through it. It's it's he was incredible. Tearing up. How, how much you like? Sorry, it. I'm going to pimp out Trav right now, but you know he's got a closed Facebook group associated with that, and uh, the group's so great. I mean, people are so nice in it; they're helping each other out, and it just it just goes so far beyond what you even think. It's a very active group specific to travel. So anyway, thanks for creating that. It's just a total sidebar. But um, you know, that was where you got the Iceland. Yeah, we had a, we were having a discussion about Iceland in there and, and uh, one of the boot campers I mentioned she booked these super awesome tickets to Iceland. They were super cheap. And then other boot campers were like, oh, I've been there and it was just incredible yeah. the amount of information people were giving. It's so cool. But Iceland, a cool destination for sure. Consider it in the shoulder slash off season. For me, the one I kind of alluded to already and, and it was the one that made me think about doing this podcast the most, and that is Italy, because Italy is a huge destination. Really? Everyone that was go the, to Italy. Wait a minute. That yeah. was the inspiration for this podcast? W- yeah, because you know what? I went to Italy, me and Heather went to Italy in January of, of last year, so about a year ago, and it was crazy because we... It was super cheap airfare. It was 125 bucks round trip. And so we booked it. Hmm. And we thought, well, this would be cool. We'll just do a really quick trip of Italy, which we did. It was nine days. We thought, saw three cities. Yeah. But it was way better than we thought because as we, as we mentioned, we would just walk up to the Vatican. No one was there. We got to see Michelangelo's David. And yeah, there was people around it, but there was not the hordes of people that are usually around it. Hmm. It's fantastic. I hmm. mean, there's... I don't know. I considered Italy. I We also then went back in October. That's more shoulder season. There was more people. The weather was a little nicer. But I, I really enjoyed Italy in January and February because of the fact that that's a huge tourist destination. There's always going to be a lot of people. So if you can go when there's less people, it's way cheaper. And the stuff I, that you I, do in Italy is usually not really you're not laying out on the beach and things like that where you need yeah. a lot of warm sun weather you can yeah, bundle up and do all that stuff that's true uh, so what was it about that was it just like oh, i i gotta let people know about this i just thought man i didn't really ever consider going to italy in january but now we went and all these cool things that we wanted to do you know you, you read online oh you expect to wait two and a half hours at the vatican and things like that and then we'd walk up and, <laughs> and we wouldn't saying, have to wait at all and yeah. we knew that it was going to be less but we didn't realize just how crazy italy gets in the summer because i have been there in the summer as well hmm. and so being there in january it was 
I mean, there's literally 10 times less people. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. By my mathematical calculations. (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly correct. But Italy in in January, you know, if you are considered going there and you are doing the sites and and things like a Colosseum, Vatican, museums, great time. We also were in Croatia in April and May. That's right before Croatia really gets popular because... You know, everyone goes to Croatia in the summer. Mm. And so that's shoulder season for all of you guys who learned that new term today. April and May in Croatia. It was great. I could swim. Heather, eh, she'd dip her toes in. It was a little cold for her, but you could still swim. Mm. People were out on the beaches, but it wasn't jam-packed. In Dubrovnik all the cru- and Split, all the cruise ships come in, and they just pepper that place in the summer. I mean, that's, people... I, I've always wanted to go there. That sounds perfect. April and May were perfect for us. They really were because... Again, there was people around, everything was open, but it wasn't super crowded. And we actually asked people, because this was after my Italy experience, so I kind of caught this little off-season, shoulder-season bug, right? So I asked people in Dubrovnik, like, man, it gets crowded when the cruise ships come in here. And the guy shook his head and he said to me, oh, you think this is crowded? He said, there will be... Like literally 10 times more people here yeah. next month because instead of one big cruise ship pulling into port today, there'll be 10. 10? And I thought that's... They're, they're huge. They're huge. When you and see them, it's just like, how is that even possible? Yeah. How stuff works. Yeah. Howstuffworks.com. I don't know how cruise ships work. But he just said, you. it will be so jam-packed, you cannot walk. It's from like eight to six and then it clears out some again. But he said, it's... It, I would never tell anyone to come here during that time. Mm. So yeah, hop on Croatia during the shoulder season. Any other places that you'd recommend? Because I got a few more that I've done off season. Yeah, I mean, I can rattle a couple off for rattle sure. Rattle them off. Help yeah. these wanderlusters out. Let's you, give them you, some more more places they need to go. I know everyone needs more suggestions. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to bring it back home for a minute and say there are quite a few American cities and the one that sticks out a lot and it's from near where I grew up but New York City I mean New York City in the winter yes it can be very cold but think about it all right you're not going to be able to hang out in Central Park maybe that's usually a part of a New York visit you want to check out some of the parks and areas but a lot of the stuff you do in New York City is indoors you're going to museums you're eating at awesome restaurants you're cruising around maybe you don't want to do the double-decker bus tour and be on the top deck you know you have a hat (laughs) yeah i mean but overall visiting a city in the winter and then we could take that like you said to rome to paris i mean a lot of major cities if you're going to be going around doing that type of stuff go for it and there's something you can ice skate on rockefeller center and live that sort of fairy tale dream so new york city is a nice place uh i would say Oh gosh! Uh, in Europe, we've done Ireland f- and Scotland. Okay, you know, there, there's there's something special about those places, and the weather isn't as bad as as you would think. And and those places, truthfully, in the summer, it could be raining a lot anyway. I mean, Ireland is the Emerald Isle for for a reason. You know, it's green because there's a lot of rain, but. That's why it doesn't matter as much. I remember staying in a hostel on the Aran Islands off the coast of Ireland, and it was me and two other people, my buddy that I, I met up with there, and I think it was actually four of us together, and there was a real eccentric owner of the hostel, and he sang opera, and I'm pretty sure he didn't even want us there because it's kind of an isolated place, a place that would be packed and very popular in the summer. We were the only ones there. They didn't have heat on. We were a little cold. He would just walk around singing opera all day. It was it was. Totally did they have weird. hot water there? Because if they did, then they at least beat our Ocean City, New Jersey condo <sighs> we're in right now. Sadly, no. 
<laughs> Sadly, so not. you and your hot water, you can't catch a break, my friend. That's true. <laughs> uh, a few other places that I've been in. Can you draw me a bath? <laughs> <laughs> a few other places that I've been in on the shoulder season. One of them, if we're keeping it in Europe, is Berlin. We were in Berlin in early May. Oh. And it was perfect. Hmm. Like, I would rather... Now, I, I can't say I would rather because I haven't been there in July. But it was it was everything we had heard about Berlin. It was nice enough weather. It was warm. The uh, cafes were open. We biked around everywhere. It was like what it would be like in summer, except it was a little less crowded because... You, know, you just don't have that summer crowds that come when everyone gets off work and the kids get out of school. Mm. So we got all the perfect Berlin experiences, sitting outside, drinking. Well, I don't drink coffee, but Heather would drink coffee. I drink a, you know, something at a cafe, probably, usually a beer, most likely. <laughs> we'd hop on bikes. We'd pedal around. We'd eat outside. It was, per- it was perfect. So if people are looking to Berlin, you know, Berlin's a winter destination and a summer destination. Mm. So this fits right in between. I mean, you don't have the people going for the awesome. That's true. Christmas markets and things like that. You also don't have the people coming for the summer. So Berlin in early May was great. And then I got to throw it back to to a place that always holds a special place in my heart. I thought this was coming. I don't know if you know Japan. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Japan. Because, yeah, Japan, I didn't know. There's a lot of places. Everything's (laughs) my place, right? Uh, Japan, special place in my heart. Early April, kind of mid-April, they call it Hanami, which means it's the cherry blossom season. Hmm. Or excuse me, they call it Sakura, which is the season. And then you have Hanami, which is everyone basically comes outside and has a picnic under the cherry blossoms. And it's hard to hit exactly right because the cherry blossoms only stay in bloom for about a week, week and a half. That's kind of the beauty of them. They come out, look amazing. They're all over the place. And then, you know, a week and a half later, they disappear. So it's the fragileness of the cherry blossom season. But it's what's really neat about Japan is... Obviously, it starts where it's warmer, so it kind of works its way up the coast. So if you get there and you want to be in Japan during the season and you want to travel, you can follow the sakura. You can follow the season right up the coast. And so you can get like hmm. three, four weeks of it if you if you just I think, follow I think it. you just created a new... Uh, there's the endless summer, right? But we can call it the endless shoulder season. You yeah. just follow the shoulder season all the way up? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And so if anyone's thinking about going to Japan... I mean, this is, you know, you don't really want to be in Japan in the winter unless you're going skiing because it's really cold and not really enjoyable, at least most of Japan. We're talking Tokyo and, and Osaka and Kyoto, the main places that people visit. Obviously, Okinawa, always warm and nice. Yeah, and then and then summer gets pretty humid and hot. So for me, this is the perfect time. You know, you bring a sweater, you probably even bring a jacket. You're not sure what the weather's going to be like, but it's when you see the cherry blossoms, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. I mean, it's breathtaking. So... We're actually going to be going back during this time in April. We're going to be in Japan this April from about like the 8th to the 22nd with the idea that hopefully we hit um, Hit the window. Yeah, Yeah, hit that window. Oh, man. I might have to meet you guys over there at some point. Yeah, it's awesome. You got me sold on it. Yeah, so those are a few of the places I've been. Jace, any other ones you want to mention, just throw out there that you've been off season that you would recommend? We've given you guys a lot of options. I would still say this is the high season, but then, well, it definitely is. But then we started dipping into the off season. That was down in Argentina, Patagonia, where weather can be certainly a factor. And we spent the summer there, but then it started changing their summer, which is, you know, December through February. But then we started dipping into March a little bit. So I got a little taste of shoulder season. That was a nice place, but the weather's pretty volatile. I'll have to take it back home again as well to Colorado, because if you can hit, Colorado, 
in April, I'd say March, April, we'll use as an example, let's say you're a skier. What you could do is start in the front range uh, in the Denver area, and you could get even days when you're, you could be outside drinking a beer, wearing a t-shirt. Then you could drive up to the mountains. You could go skiing in powder. Then you could drive a little further down 70, say four hours, hit Moab, and that's high season there and go mountain biking in one of a world-class mountain biking destinations. So if you talk about a multi-sport adventure, you can almost work your way through the seasons just on a six-hour road trip. So that's a pretty cool thing to do. That is awesome. And and we're giving you guys a taste of some of the things we've done. You know, If you've been to places in the off-season, this is what's great about you guys who listen to the podcast, all the listeners, is we're always getting comments and people making suggestions. I'd love to hear some of your suggestions of places that people don't think to go to. You know, what are some of the best times that you've been? What are some of the shoulder slash off season places that you've been in that you've liked? Of course, you can leave that. You can find all the show notes for this show or any of the other shows that we've done at extrapackofpants.com slash pods. Leave that in the comment. Jace. Oh, I'm- I got to say, one of my favorite things is when we did that this is so touristy episode. You can link to that in the show notes because it's pretty funny. We got some great tweets to at pack of peanuts. And one of them was a guy sending us a touristy picture where he was standing there and his kids were standing there holding up the Eiffel Tower. It was just perfect. Was it the Eiffel so, Tower or the Leaning Tower or the le- of Pisa? I mean, the Leaning Tower of right, Pisa. Right. Yeah, they were holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I got my towers all mixed up. So that was really cool. So I don't know. You know, we're always love to see pictures on Twitter. And so if you think of anything creative, if you're somewhere off season or shoulder season right now, you send us a picture. We like we like to see faces. Yeah, that that was awesome when we got that tweet in. I can't remember the handle that we got it from. I we'll have to give him a shout out some other time. Yeah. But shoot us yeah, shoot us a uh, some information on Twitter at Pack of Peanuts. Of course, leave it in the comments, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can find this episode. Also, guys, we're doing a little thing. Jace, you picked up on this, the last podcast we did, and that's that we're going to tell you guys some of the archives that we think you would enjoy. If you like this podcast and you're looking for more of the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast and you're just thinking, hey, man, they have a lot of episodes. Which one should I listen to? The first answer is all of them. Just go through all of them. But we're going to handpick a few for you. The first one that I had written out was episode 110, and that's the best winter destinations in Europe. And me and my buddy Nick did this one together, and it was great because same idea. We were talking about, hey, you know, everyone wants to go to Europe. They always want to travel there. We gave a little primer of why you might want to consider going in winter, a lot of the same stuff that we talked about here. But then we actually gave you cities that we really enjoyed in Europe in the winter. Nick had some awesome recommendations. That guy travels everywhere. I also had some recommendations, some that came up today, but some other ones. So if you're looking to get kind of on that, where should I go off peak? I'm really interested in this finding cheap accommodations, cheap flights. Check that out. That's episode 110, the best winter destinations in Europe. Jace, you did another one with me, episode 80. And this came from a reader question and answer. And that was just how to book flights using frequent flyer miles. Yeah, that was super informative. I would definitely highly recommend that. And if you want to get even cheaper flights slash free, give that a listen. Who doesn't want more information on how to get free flights? And the last one that I want to mention, just because, and I didn't have this written down, so I don't know the episode number, but we did a Destinations Diary Colorado where Jason came on and talked all about his quote-unquote home state, his adopted state of Colorado. And if you just like the little riff that he gave you at the end there of how you can do that six-hour tour of Colorado in the off-season. He gives us an epic road trip to go through Colorado and just 
all the things you can do. It was eye-opening to me. After that podcast, I wanted to get in the car. Well, you guys... Well, we actually were in Colorado doing that episode. So I actually wanted to get in the car and just go all over. <laughs> I was going to say drive out to Colorado. We were already there. We're doing that road trip at some point, or at least part of it. Yeah. So some awesome episodes for you guys to dip into. And don't forget, we talked a little bit at, about it at the beginning of the show. The reason we're in Ocean City, New Jersey, we are launching LocationIndy.com soon. So you can get all the information about that, LocationIndy.com. It's going to be a really, really cool project. Both of us have put a lot of time and effort. We've made a lot of goofy videos. Yeah, we were up till two in the morning the last three the nights, last I couple think. couple nights, it's, yeah. It's so fun, though. We're just... Wow, we're just getting juiced up, having a great time with it. Yeah, so check it out. It's www.locationindie.com. That's I-N-D-I-E dot com. Thank you guys for the support. Thanks for tuning in today. Jace, thanks for co-hosting with me. And thanks wow. for thanks for you know letting me know the term shoulder season. I feel like a real traveler now. Thank you, man. I mean, look, that Google Flights tip is, is hot. I think you're still steaming from that. But uh, no, I really appreciate it. It's always an honor to be on your show. And, yeah, it's always just a lot of fun. So thanks so much. Until next time, guys, happy free travels. travels.